Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Big night of college basketball ahead. Kentucky followed by Duke and Kansas and the Champions Classic, which is going to be a lot of fun. And one of the real early season events that uh, signals college basketball season is here and that there are some really good days ahead. I tell you, Tuesday night, two big games like that, a doubleheader. Indiana Xavier on Friday. High school basketball getting underway. Just a great time to be in the Hoosier State. There's no question about that. Let's take a look at the show lineup for the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, I promised more IU women's basketball talk this year. And the IU women had a statement win down in Knoxville last night on ESPN2 as they knock off a solid Tennessee team. And so we're going to open the program here in just a couple minutes with some IU women's chatter and huge win for Coach Morin and the team. They are going to be fun to watch all season long. Amanda Foster, she is with our good friend Alex Bozich at InsideTheHall.com. You can hear from Alex every Thursday here on the program talking men's basketball. And Amanda's going to join us here in just a moment to recap last night's game and give a little love and shout-out to the women's team. They're going to be fun, fun to watch this season. Later in the show, it's Tuesday, so Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will check in. We'll start to get ready for the IU-Xavier game on Friday. Of course, we can't forget about IU-Michigan State football coming up as well. And then later in the hour, we continue our preview of Southern Indiana High School basketball for the upcoming season. Sharon Wilkerson, former Hoosier and Jeffersonville legend, also the boys' basketball coach, his first season there as the head coach. He's going to join us later in the show as we'll preview the Red Devils and what to expect from a young Jeff team. I think the team they are in March, when we get to see more in the sectional, will be a lot different than the team that opens up play here in the next week or so. But Coach Wilkerson with us a little bit later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. If you got a question, a comment, a topic, whatever it is you want to send to me, the number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. All you got to do is download the app, register for the Refreshing Rewards program to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. All right, a busy hour 
a busy show. Glad to have you with us today. Let's open segment one with our first guest for the first time ever, Amanda Foster of Inside the Hall, who covers the IU women's team for Alex and his website. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on short notice this morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to talk about Indiana basketball. Absolutely. Huge win last night for the IU women. I think that's obvious, but to go to Knoxville, to go to a historic place in women's college basketball like the Tennessee women's program, uh, they may not be the Tennessee program under Pat Summit, but they're sure making a comeback. And last night, for so many ways early in this season, was, I thought, a statement win by the IU women's team. Well, it absolutely was. This was the, the third time that Indiana's played Tennessee, and last night was was the first win, and so while there's not a ton of history, it was still big. Tennessee had a Sweet 16 run like Indiana did last year, and so to, to come against a team that entered the season ranked in the top 10, of course, they, they fell to 11th going into yesterday, but that's huge for Indiana because this game against Tennessee was really, everyone was looking at it as the most challenging one of their non-conference schedule. Um, the non-conference schedule for, for the Hoosiers not typically, not usually super difficult and this season was the same really Tennessee and UNC are the biggest ones to look out for and so to come out this strong and in uh, such an early game in the season with such a solid performance from everybody on the team um, like you said just a a total statement win and if Indiana wasn't already on the national radar they definitely should be now. That was my next question is Indiana on the national radar in women's college basketball and I think we both agree the answer is yes. (laughs) I think they should have been already I mean they They've been to two consecutive Sweet 16s, an Elite Eight two years ago. There's no sign of them slowing down with the with the transfer portal and the freshmen coming in this year. Terry Morton has built such a solid program with such a good culture that I would be shocked if people weren't keeping an eye on them at this point. Absolutely. Talking with Amanda Foster, she's with InsideTheHall.com. You can read her coverage of the IU women uh, on that website for free all season long. And joining us today to talk about the IU women's team. Huge win on the road last night at Tennessee. Take us through this team. Uh, we know some of the big names. We know some of the key returning players. But early in the year, a 3-0 record. And as you mentioned, Tennessee really the only big challenge for this team so far. and Really one of their only big non-conference challenges on the schedule. But who, who stood out to you? And what's kind of the early prognosis on if this team's going to make a Sweet 16 run or maybe better that this year, uh, what's what's the mix look like for this team? Oh, well, to me, last night, the player who really stood out was Sidney Parrish. Um, obviously, transferred from Oregon, but Miss Indiana basketball a few years ago. So she's, she's back in her home state and doing really well. She's coming off the bench, but last night she played 27 minutes. So she was playing basically starter-level minutes. And she was so aggressive on the court on all ends. She was being feisty and Terry Moran talked about that last week about she's just a baller and I think that her energy comes in and obviously is not a replacement for the players that Indiana lost last year but it doesn't need to be because this team is structured so differently that they're not going to look like they have ever before but someone like Sydney Parrish who comes in with that energy and is able to get those rebounds and just be aggressive in so many different ways is going to get them. I think they're going to go to the Sweet 16. I could see them going further than that because the way that this team is playing, they've shot from beyond the three-point arc. Mackenzie Holmes, of all people, took three attempts, which you never see that happen. She would, didn't, I don't think she took three attempts all season last year. And so with the, the versatility that this team has, I think they can go just as far as they have ever before. 
Absolutely. Amanda Foster of Inside the Hall, my guest, talking about the IU women's team and their big victory last night. All right, if we're talking women's hoops, I've got to bring up Grace Berger. She's got oh, yeah. a lot of Southern Indiana connections down our way, and anytime I talk IU women's hoops, I always get uh, uh, hounded if I don't bring her up. But she's a leader on this team, and obviously at Sacred Heart, we had a chance to see her up close and personal, having outstanding high school career, and that's really translating well to the college level in addition to some big performances she really in many ways seems to be a a vocal player and a leader on this team oh and you're exactly right terry morton has talked so many times about how even keeled she is and you can see when she plays just she's just so stoic and she knows exactly what she's doing all the time last night she had her seventh career double double and she just continues to be such a good presence a senior presence on this team at this point and that's what you need from her she was a leader last year, but in a different way, and now she's really controlling the ball, taking it up the court, helping everybody else on the court figure out where to go and what plays they're going to run. As she, Without her, I don't know what this Indiana team would look like, but it definitely would not be as good as it is or as it will be. Absolutely. Amanda, you know, we talk a lot about the IU men's team, and I'm going to get your thoughts on them here before we let you go. But the IU women, um, I know they had some uh, good thoughts about where they could finish in the Big Ten Conference and a lot of the preseason rankings and, and predictions out there. But now that we're a few weeks into the season and you've seen Indiana play a big opponent like Tennessee and there have been some other Big Ten women's teams and some high-profile games as well, where do you think this IU team could place? What's their standing potentially in the uh, women's side of the Big Ten Conference basketball race? Well, I'm going to be honest. I think Indiana could win it. Um, I think their biggest competition is going to be Iowa. Everybody always talks about Iowa women's basketball for good reason. But Iowa really has – they don't have as much depth as Indiana, and I think that's going to be the biggest issue for them this year with Caitlin Clark and, and Monica Zanano are fantastic and play – all out every game, but they I don't think they can have just two players performing like that. And especially against Indiana, if you have a player like Sidney Parrish or Alyssa Curie underneath the net going up against them, that's just that's even tougher than Indiana had last year, and we saw how well they competed last year. And I don't see anyone besides Iowa fighting for that top spot, and I think Indiana can definitely compete and, and beat them this year. All right, Amanda Foster inside the hall talking a little IU women's basketball. I've got a couple quick things for you. You're a student at Indiana. I know Alex Bozich speaks very highly of you, and Alex and I go way, way back. So you've got to get to class here in just a few moments. But you've had a really unique opportunity as a college student and something that I'm very interested in to broadcast some games on Big Ten Network Plus. I think you told me you did a women's game earlier this year and hope to do more this season. And you even had an opportunity to to do a men's game on BTN Plus as well. What a unique experience for a college student to get real experience Uh, And it's not just a local station or a college station. It's a platform that you know a lot of people are watching when you broadcast those games. Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. My my ultimate goal is to go into play-by-play and broadcasting and to have those opportunities. Last year I did IU-Purdue women's basketball at home, and it was one of the best experiences of of my life. And this year I did one of the exhibition games for the men's team. And it's just such a neat thing to be able to, to say that you've done and to have that experience before you have to go out into the real world. It's fantastic. Yeah, great stuff. Amanda, your thoughts on IU men's basketball. Obviously, that dominates a lot of our show 
each day during the winter months and the basketball season. But they're off to a intriguing start. No real high-level opponents yet. And Xavier won't be a, a high-level opponent, I don't think, like a Kansas or a North Carolina. Uh, but they will provide a, a challenge and I think a better barometer for this team. What's your early take on the men's team this season? Oh, like you said, I think I think Xavier is going to be the first real time that we'll be able to see kind of what Indiana is is made of because they haven't had those big games come up yet. Um, I'm very intrigued to see what they're like beyond the arc. We saw Miller Cop come out and perform really well last game, but depending on what defense he's facing, I'm, I'm curious to see that because three point shooting is going to be, I think, pretty huge for them this year. I think. Going along with all of the, the rest of the, the mainstream media, I would not be surprised if Indiana plays very, very well and it ends up at the top of the Big Ten, first place, second place, some, somewhere right up there, partly just because of the, the talent that they have on the freshman side with Malik Renu and Jalen Hutchifino just looks so good and so comfortable. They don't look like freshmen, and I think that could be the real key for Indiana to, to play differently and play better than they did last year because of the rest of the players that they have returning. Of course, Trace Action Davis is going to be fantastic because he always is, but with the, the addition of Hoshifino and Renew coming in with kind of those new faces, I'm very excited to see what the men do, and I think that they could also, like the women, end up at the top of the conference. Yeah, I definitely expect and think that the men and women could both be near the top or at the top when uh, things come to a close later on in February or early March. Amanda Foster inside the hall. Keep up the great coverage of the IU women. You've come on with Alex at a great time to uh, cover this IU women's team and provide even more coverage of what should be a great season. So, again, thanks for the chat with us. We'll, uh, we'll talk with you again later in the season. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Amanda Foster inside the hall with us here in segment one today. A little IU women's basketball. Huge victory last night for Coach Morin and the women's program to go down to Knoxville and win in the manner that they did. Definitely big stuff and really curious. I mean, you talk about exciting times this winter. Uh, and IU women's attendance, I understand, is growing, and rightfully so after wins like last night. But uh, what would it be like to get into February with the IU men and the IU women at or near the top or at least in some sort of battle race for a Big Ten championship? That would be especially exciting for all of us that cover this stuff and for, I'm sure, the listeners as well. So maybe that'll happen. We'll see. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with our second guest today, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He's going to join us here in just a couple moments after the quick break. We'll get into IU Xavier. We'll talk college basketball on tap tonight. Kentucky, Michigan State, Duke, Kansas, all on the same floor tonight in the Champions Classic. All that and more coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. 
If you want to sound off on IU basketball or anything you'd like Mike and I to bring up, shoot me a text on the Thornton's text line. And Mike, I tell you what, I've been so busy with work and radio and so many other things that I did not even realize tonight was Champions Classic Night until my trusty producer, Justin Kalen, told me when we connected earlier this morning. And I, I tell you what, that makes the day a lot better. It means college basketball is not only back, but we're getting to that point of the year that some of the bye games and the early season games that aren't as interesting have happened. And there are some really big games coming up here over the Thanksgiving holiday and, of course, into December. And that's exciting for guys like you and I. I know that. Yeah, it sure is. I feel like that Champions Classic might have been part of opening day a couple seasons, so I'm with you. I kind of lost track of the fact that that was still out there for us to enjoy tonight, so I am definitely looking forward to the the competition in college basketball ramping up because it does feel like it was a little bit of a slow start with not a lot of high-profile games over the first week. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at those games tonight, what, what great matchups, Kentucky and Michigan State, Duke and Kansas, I think both of those games have the potential to be good, but I think as folks that cover IU and listeners that follow Indiana mostly, uh, probably most interested in that Kentucky-Michigan uh, State game because Michigan State a member of the Big Ten, but then you got Kansas who is without coach self and is going to uh, be an opponent of Indiana in December. So really a lot of connection for IU fans. I'm sure tons will have the game on tonight. Yeah, always fun when these games are, you know, also opportunities to kind of look forward to, to what you're going to see down the road. And, and you're absolutely right. Kansas has got the unique aspect with, without their head coach. Of course, he'll, he'll be back when, when Indiana takes them on in, in mid-December. But, um, yeah, definitely definitely some good hoops tonight. Um, you know, Michigan State, I thought, played really well. They were one team that did play a tough opponent last week on the ship against Gonzaga. Um, lost by a point, I believe. Uh, so, so they already have opened my eyes in terms of maybe being a little bit better than we thought. Um, they always play this crazy early non-conference schedule, and it always generally seems to suit them pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see how they do against another really high-caliber opponent. Absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, before we get into more IU basketball stuff, uh, interesting announcement yesterday from Indiana. IU Athletics announced... Monday, an anonymous donor has pledged $1 million in matching funds for NIL donations to the two, two main collectives that are out there and connected to IU Athletics. The Hoosiers for Good is one, and Hoosiers Connect is the other. That's a big deal. Can you break that down a little more for us and tell us exactly how that helps current IU athletes and maybe even in recruiting for various sports as well? Yeah, it, what really stood out to me is the, is the timing of it um, because, you know, I, I think it's been announced by others. I think Zach Osterman may have, the Indy Star may have put this out first that, that you know, a lot of this money is part of an overall plan to, to put, you know, in the neighborhood of a million dollars a year towards IU football, which, I mean, everybody knows the story with IU football right now, struggling uh, the last couple of years, and, and I do believe there's a, a larger context to that. You know, it's it's struggling at the same time that we've seen dramatic changes in in the game with NIL and the, and the transfer portal. Um, they're they're also you know a month away from early, early signing, and they're they're in a situation right now where where they have I believe it's only eight players committed in the class of 2023. And Tom Allen said it's going to be a small class, but said it's going to 
you know, maybe be in the neighborhood of 15 is what they were targeting. So, so I, you know, I, I'm, I may be connecting dots there that, that aren't really connected, but I thought it was really interesting in, in that context that, you know, the program needs a lift right now. It needs some juice, and the juice in college football right now is, is NIL. And I do think there's a connection between overall struggles within the program, um, recruiting struggles, uh, if we can go so far as to say that at this particular point in time, so, so I think it, it is a program that needs a lift, and so I thought the timing was interesting. I, I don't know, you know, you take a look at the larger picture of college football, you know, programs like Ohio State, Michigan, and elsewhere. I, I don't know how significant a million dollars, or I guess it's two million if it's matched, is in the overall scheme of things, but at the same time, uh, you, you got to start from somewhere and see where it goes. You know, IU football is also going to benefit down the road from this new television deal that, you know, should bring a lot of money into IU athletics. So it, it's part of a overall story that I think, you know, everyone is wondering and, and questions that need to be asked is how willing, you know, is, is IU athletics to invest in the football program? How willing is the donor base willing to you know, put money towards IU athletics. I think that is the story right now of the football program. And, and so, you know, I think it's important for, from an IU perspective, from an IU athletics perspective that they, you know, when they, when something like this happens, when a million bucks comes into the coffers, that, you know, that they publicize it. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably just one small step in a direction that, that needs to be taken for, for the program. Absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He's with us Tuesdays as we talk the uh, latest on IU basketball. I tell you what, uh, big game coming up with Xavier. Uh, that is obvious on Friday night. We got to hear Coach Woodson uh, begin to preview that game with Don Fisher last night on the weekly Coaches Show. Um, just a huge game for Indiana. There are so many things, whether it's Trace Jackson Davis or some of the freshmen or different rotations or can Indiana really become a defensive-based team? They've looked good defensively, I think, in a lot of their early opportunities so far. There are so many things. I'm just curious how it translates over to a better and more solid opponent in Xavier on Friday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think the thing through the first two games that I that stood out to me and, and probably stood out to most people is just the, the depth of the team. I, it, it's something we probably talked about ad nauseum in, in the preseason, but you don't really know until you see it play out, especially with, with freshmen. But, you know, it does legitimately seem like Indiana has, you know, a, a clear nine that, that they can trust on the court in, in games like what we're going to see Friday. I, I would even argue go so far as, you know, based on what I'm seeing, you know, 11, that, that I feel like you could say that they're, they're ready for to be tested in, in that kind of situation. Um, so I, I think it's an encouraging sign, but until you actually are in this situation that they're going to be in um, Friday night on the road, very tough environment, respectable program, respectable coach, um, you know, Xavier's going to be ready for this game for a multitude of reasons. You know, Sean Miller, I think most people know, is the head coach there, you know, returning back to to, to where he really launched his career, and obviously – He's going to want to, you know, defend his little brother for for whatever that's worth on Friday night. You know, he's going to 
if if Xavier pulls that game out on Friday night, he's going to feel pretty good about about getting a win over Indiana. I think he made some comments during the off season that that suggested that you know he he didn't necessarily agree with how things went down at Indiana for Archie. Um, so so I think there's some clear motivation there. There's some Indiana kids on the Xavier roster, including Jack Nunji, a big man that you know is talented and will give Indiana some trouble on Friday night. So, so there, there's some good storylines there, and I, and I think it's you know the only thing I can't figure out about this game is why it's at six o'clock on a, on a Friday night. It's about the most unusual spot that that I can imagine for a game that that should have some national appeal, and perhaps they just want to you know see if they can draw some some eyeballs into to an unpopular TV window. That's about the only thing I can come up with for that particular spot. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Six o'clock tip on a Friday. Um, yeah, that that's very odd. I, you would think that it's Fox Sports One. Is there typically a game on Fox Sports One once we get into the season in that time frame? I don't think that there is. I, I don't think so either. I know there's a Friday night FS1 game that involves the Big Ten. You know, as the season rolls on, but I, I don't remember the six o'clock window. Perhaps it's just the Indiana hasn't been in it historically and they're seeing what you know if they can leverage that that window because using the indiana brand that's about the only thing i can come up with as to why they did it because you know i, I think most people know this game on friday night is, is part of the larger gavit games which actually started last night so you could have put this game really any time over the course of this week uh, that's why indiana has this unusual seven-day layoff right at the beginning of the season because they chose to put this game in in that Friday night spot, and then they turn around and play two days later on, on Sunday. Uh, so it was clearly a, a television-driven decision, um, and, I, and I, you know, we'll, we'll never know, but I, I can only come up with, you know, trying to, you know, maximize a window with the Indiana brand. That's the, that's the best I can do with it. Yeah, for sure. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest, talking IU basketball. Uh, back to the Champions Classic tonight, and we'll get back into IU uh, men's basketball. But uh, thoughts on those games early on? you have any uh, projections, predictions on tonight's games? I, I know you told me before you don't watch as much college basketball outside of Indiana and the Big Ten because of all your responsibilities with the Daily Hoosier website, but you, you got to have maybe some early feel for how those could go tonight. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think uh, Michigan State, I thought, was encouraging in, in their game against Gonzaga. I didn't expect them to be able to keep it that close. Their, their team, you know, to my own fault, I was probably a little overly skeptical of. I think shame on me for being skeptical of Izzo at this point. You know, I, I think both he and Matt Painter and Greg Gard, that kind of trio that have kind of been at the top of the Big Ten for a long time now, I think sometimes they're almost better when, when people doubt them, when they don't have big star power on the roster, because I, I think it, you know, they're coaches that are really system oriented and culture oriented. And when they have a team that's fully bought in and um, it's, it's not about, you know, individual stars, I, I think sometimes that's when those programs can be better. So, um, you know, again, you look at what they did, what they're averaging. At, I'm looking at it right now that they have six guys averaging eight or more points per game. So that just tells you that that's an Izzo team that, that you know makes you think that, that he's going to be able to get something out of them. He, he's got a lot of pieces. He's going to have. He's going to really be able to, to 
to do something there. Um, Kentucky is always interesting to me. That they always, you know, their their talent is clear, and I don't think you can doubt that. And I think they're, you know, among the the Calipari teams that that he's been able to put together. This team, in my opinion, it is right up there with, with some of his best. But but they always seem to start slow, and it's understandable because you know he's trying to. You know, unlike the Izzo team, he's trying to put something together that, you know, the, a lot of these guys aren't familiar with each other. So, um, you know, I, I would say this is going to be a pretty close game. I'd give the edge to Kentucky. I think they're a, a six-point favorite. That, you know, that could very well be where it ends up, but I think it'll be close. I think Michigan State will, you know, give them trouble. Um, you know, Duke, Duke and Kansas, um, you know, har- harder to say, harder, really hard to go against. You know, defending national champion with, with some pieces back. They're obviously, you know, they're without their head coach, as we discussed. They're they're without some key pieces from last year, but I think they're a little bit more. They have a little bit more con- continuity uh, year over year. I think Duke is incredibly talented, but that similar to Kentucky, it may take time. Uh, new head coach there also, so that that factors in. I, I have to say, the edge goes to Kansas, but but you know, I think. Looking at a one and a half point point spread, you know, I think people expect that to be competitive, and it's just going to be fun to watch some some really high end talent go head to head. And it, you know, that particular game, you know, with those two teams, both top ten, you know, now that now that we've seen Indiana a couple times, just kind of comparing and contrasting, you know, Indiana feels like it has its most talented team we've seen in a long, long time. But but when you watch Duke and Kansas, does it feel like Indiana? is on that level that that's something i'll be watching tonight yeah no question two great games from the champions classic coming up tonight uh, mike schumann of the daily hoosier my guest the daily at daily underscore hoosier on twitter mike is with us on tuesdays all year long uh, back to iu basketball and recruiting i know once the season gets here we really lose a lot of interest in recruiting. There's so much going on unless it's an in-state player. But I did want to bring up a visitor that Indiana had over the weekend. I believe I'm saying it correctly. Santo Surreal is his name. And he's interesting because not only is he a nationally known player, he's currently in the 2024 class and a center, but there's also some rumblings that he might reclassify which could get someone like him to campus even quicker and add to the, I don't want to say concerns, but add to the lack of numbers maybe that exists right now in 2023 for IU. What do you know about Samto? What a cool name. And uh, is Indiana a serious suitor for him? Yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out here and and try his full first name, which I believe is Samto Chukwu. Um, I, I was, <laughs> I, I heard somebody say that this morning, so I'm cheating a little bit on the pronunciation, um, or at least, I, or at least I'm leveraging how someone else said it. It, it looks phonetically that like, that's how you would say it. Um, but yeah, there, there are rumors out there that, that he could come up to, to 2023. I have not substantiated that. I think rivals, a rivals national reporter put that out there. Um, I, I am trying to talk to him this week to, to see what I can find out about that. Um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know, would be a great fit for Indiana. You know, Woodson. <laughs> it, was, it was funny last night on the radio. Mike Woodson said, you know, they're going to lose Trace and Race, which I think we all assume that that Indiana is going to lose Trace after this year. But it's technically not. You know, necessarily has to happen. He has a year of eligibility left because of the COVID year, but. 
Um, you know, Woodson did say that last night, and I think we all assume it to be the case. You know, you're going to lose Trace and Race in the front court. So there's a clear need. I mean, you expect to have Logan Duncan and Malik Renew coming back next year, but, um, you know, adding a guy that, you know, I've seen him described anywhere from 6'10 to 7 foot with, with a wingspan in the neighborhood of plus 6 or 7. Um, if you saw his uh, photos that he put out from his visit, talking about Sampo, um, you know, his wingspan in the pictures span the entire map of the state of Indiana in, in the little uh, center court photo shoot that they do. So I've never seen anybody's arms actually span that far when they take the picture. So this is a legit big man with legit length, um, very good athlete as well. Um, could, could fit really well, um, you know, with you know having him and Logan in the post, having Malik playing more out on the perimeter, which I think is where he naturally probably could be to, to maximize his talents down the road. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a clear need if, if he does, in fact, have the, the uh, resume to, to move up a year, you know, physically. He, he may not be there from a uh, skill perspective, but as a rim runner, as a rim protector, he is clearly there, you know, and a guy that could develop at the college level for a couple of years. Uh, I think it would be a great fit. So it'll definitely be interesting to see where that one goes. Yeah, definitely. In the middle of the season, again, recruiting loses a little bit of its uh, interest. But, you know, Trent Sisley of Heritage Hills, his team is going to scrimmage at New Albany right here in our backyard on Saturday. So a lot of people I know excited to get an up-close and personal look at him. I think that he's uh, leading up to his season has had a chance to see a lot of schools, and it seems like a lot of Big Ten schools. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what type of high school season he has here in southern Indiana. Yeah, I mean, he was already a star as a freshman. In my opinion, he put up some really impressive numbers. So, And I, I think he had a great spring and summer. He really impressed me uh, out on the circuit playing up a year with, with the Indy Heat. So I think he's he's going to end up just being a dominant high school player, pr- probably beginning this year. I, I don't think there's too many teams that are going to be able to contend with him unless they throw double or triple teams at him, which – Obviously, does end up happening a lot of the time with guys of that caliber, but but he is a, you know, he he's working his way towards being more of a point forward. He's got, you know, definitely he's he's a really good three point shooter. He's got ball handling skills, but at the, you know, the high school level, especially at the uh, in state, you know, local high school level, he he he's got the size, you know, six seven, six eight, probably still growing that that he can dominate inside or out. So. I expect him to have a, a massive season. Um, I think he's going to be able to – I think their schedule brings them up my way at, at some point this year too. Um, so I, I think, you know, folks in Indianapolis and in in your way and then obviously in southwestern Indiana are going to get all get to see him this year. And it should be really interesting to see how he develops year over year. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays. Mike, enjoy – some great Tuesday night college basketball. When we talk next Tuesday, we'll have, I think, a much better feel on this Indiana team after the matchup with Xavier. Yep, sure will, and always appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. All right, Mike Schumann with us here on this Tuesday show. We'll head to a quick commercial break. We're back with Sharon Wilkerson, the Jeffersonville Red Devils head coach, as we continue previewing and chatting with some of the local basketball coaches. We had Jim Shannon on Friday from New Albany, big announcement from him that this is going to be it at New Albany. 
He'll, uh, he's announced his retirement after this uh, season of coaching. And Ryan Miller, the defending state champions from Providence, he joined the program on Monday. And today it's Sharon Wilkerson's turn to be with us here on the show. We'll head to a break. We're back with Coach Wilkerson. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Our preview of high school basketball for the upcoming season continues today with Sharon Wilkerson entering year number one as the boss of his alma mater, the Jeffersonville Red Devils coach. Great to have you. I know you've been working hard with the Devils in recent weeks to prepare for the upcoming season. And from my take, uh, outside looking in, a young team with a lot of talent that as they get to spend more time with you and your coaches will improve even over the first few weeks of the season. How is your team so far? Matt, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, thank you, uh, thank you for allowing me to join you here this afternoon. And uh, you know, for us, we, we are we're trying to uh, ingrain a culture here uh, that that it consists of a work ethic, consists of some discipline, uh, and making sure that that these guys understand how important it is to to conduct themselves in the classroom. And and then from that point, we can talk about being basketball players. Uh, so it's uh, it's gone it's gone really well so far for us. Good stuff, Sharon Wilkerson of Jeff. My guest coach, the season for you guys opens as far as games in exactly eight days. And I know that it seems like just yesterday you were announced as the new head coach and you had the off season to work with your team, but we're almost ready for the real deal. How does it feel to be back in Jeffersonville on a daily basis, walking those halls where you were at as a basketball player for four years at Jeff, now the leader of the whole thing? Uh, it, it's surreal, Matt. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I think uh, growing up here and walking these halls, and you know, obviously as a young man, uh, having some hurdles to get through and, and maturing and, and learning, uh, learning life, if you will. Uh, it's it's a it's an absolute pleasure and honor to be here now to to help these student athletes that are traveling the path that I traveled. Uh, you know, I, I think I got some information that can help them along their path, and that's uh, that's the thing that we've been trying to do. We we've really tried to open up the lines of communication. Uh, we've tried to touch the entire program from top to bottom, and uh, thus far, man, it's it's gone gone pretty well according to plan so far. All right, good stuff. Talking to Coach Wilkerson of Jeffersonville, Coach. I know there's a lot of things that you are figuring out and have have gotten organized and structured on here in the preseason. But can you give us a an overview, a thumbnail sketch of what Jeff basketball this season could look like? No, we're we're going to uh, we're going to use our athleticism. Uh, we're going to get up and down. I I, I think that uh, no one thing that I would like to say, Matt, that that I think that uh, every coach, well, not every coach, but a lot of coaches has proven that all the systems work. Right, Coach Bennett at Virginia, Pack Line Works National Championship, Jim Behan, Syracuse two three zone National Championship, uh, Rick Pitino, Preston and Trapping uh, National Championship. Uh, I think all the systems work. Uh, the question is if, if we can get everybody that we're leading to buy into that system. 
Uh, and, and that's right now what we are really focused on. Uh, we're going to pressure you 84 feet both ways. Uh, we're going to make it tough on our opponent. Uh, and that is, uh, that's it in a nutshell. And hopefully we will, uh, we will have some success behind it. In recent weeks, as the practices became more and more official, who has stood out to you as maybe a leader or the leaders on this team this season, at least at this point? You know, Matt, I'll be honest, this is a, this is a very, very unique situation because typically you're always in a situation where you have two or three players that are leaps and bounds above everybody else in your program. But we are genuinely in a unique situation where we literally have 10 guys that can score 15, 20 points on any given night. And that has been the thing that has been the most surprising uh, this early in the preseason and now starting the season. Uh, we have so many weapons, and that is what we are hoping to use to our advantage, if you will. Um, I will say that our sophomore class is extremely talented. Uh, we have some older guys that is extremely talented. Uh, but the thing that is a concern for us right now uh, is our experience. We have one returning player with varsity experience, and that is Monty McGee. Uh, so we've we got to get our guys in a position uh, where they're used to being scouted, uh, where they're used to having to deal with a game plan that is specifically designed to attack their strengths. You know, and I think that that is the next step for us, and, and hopefully we can do a good job of, of getting through it and maturing through it, and we can find our way. Sharon, I tell you, I looked at your schedule a little earlier today, and it's amazing. You start off with Louisville Doss on November 23rd, a home game at Johnson Arena, but Indianapolis Cathedral, Warren Central, Hoosier Hills Conference game, an early one against Seymour, which is important, rival Silver Creek on the road, two games at North Central at their holiday event, then after the first of the year, in order, you go New Albany, Floyd Central, and Providence, I believe. That, that is just an amazing uh, run for your team for the first really half of the season or so. You've got a mix of statewide teams. You've got a mix of rivals. Uh, just, just a lot coming for you guys and coming real quick. So, Matt, let me, let me say this first. I, I definitely would like to take the opportunity and use this platform for a correction. So I think the schedule you have shows Dawson on November the 23rd, and we actually had to reschedule that game for, Dece or for November the 30th. Kentucky cannot start playing official games until after the Thanksgiving break. Uh, so we had, to, uh, we had to reschedule that game for November the 30th. But, Matt, I will tell you, my friend, that um, we're in a situation where Jeffersonville has such rich tradition, and we're trying to get back – uh, to, to having the state respect that, that we think that the program deserves. Uh, additionally, the, the best way to, to prepare yourself is to, to put yourself in compromising situations where you can learn and grow. Right? We don't believe in failure. You know, First attempt in learning is what FAIL stands for. So as long as we are learning and moving forward, you know, we, we may go through some growing pains. Uh, but the thing for us is we will be battle-tested, and once the tournament comes, we're hoping to use that to our advantage. Absolutely. Sharon Wilkerson, my guest. Coach, we talk about the return of college basketball as well and the Hoosiers uh, where you were at, uh, a big game coming up on Friday. And as you mentor your young men at Jeffersonville, I know you hope to have some guys that schools like Indiana will check in on and recruit. But have you had any connection with Coach Woodson since you've been at Jeff and since he's been in that position at Indiana? I have not, but it is at the top of our priority list, Matt. We are going to take our guys up to a practice. Um, in fact, for me personally, I, I, I need to, um, you know, I need to introduce myself to Coach Woodson and uh, let him know that we are supporting him unequivocally. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, being a former IU guy, 
it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to see a guy in the family uh, being so successful at his alma mater. Uh, I mean, man, it, it just uh, it, it tickles me pink uh, to be able to see these guys dig themselves out of the hole like they have. So it's, uh, it's, it's just been an absolute pleasure to watch. You know, it's been a long time since we've been in the conversation of preseason and, and, and putting ourselves in a, in a position to be successful. Uh, so it, uh, it's definitely fun to watch. Yeah, good stuff. And, you know, I know I forget when it was. It may have even been back during the pandemic when sports was so slow. But you joined us one day, and I believe it was long before the Jeffersonville thing was in action. Uh, but talked a little to us about reconnecting with, with Coach Bob Knight. And I know I've heard so many people say we really enjoy hearing from former IU guys, and we've really enjoyed hearing stories from Sharon Wilkerson. But uh, you don't have to rehash all that today. But uh, amazing that later in life, I think it started with Pat Knight. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but you were able to reconnect with your former college coach and uh, really have, have turned that in. I know Coach Knight is, is not a, around as much, and we want to respect his, his health and everything going on, but uh, you had an opportunity to reconnect with him. And I know uh, just from stories on the air and off the air how much that meant to you, Sharon. You know, it's, it's kind of ironic the way that it works, Matt, because I think that uh, you know sometimes you, you have to fail before you can succeed. You literally have to fall uh, before you, you, you see the light. And it was, uh, it was. Uh, I look at Pat Knight as one of my guardian angels. Uh, he saved my career as a player, uh, and then he was uh, extremely instrumental uh, in my career as a coach. Uh, so that uh, that adage, uh, you know, the family is here through thick and thin, uh, it, it has really held true. Um, so that I, I'm just truly thankful, um, just just so humbled by by the fact that he would uh, put himself out there and, and give me an opportunity uh, as he did. And I will forever, uh, forever be grateful, and will forever be in debt to him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Sharon Wilkerson of Jeffersonville, my guest coach. It's always great to catch up. I know we'll have a lot of conversations over the coming month or two about your team. Um, maybe as we let you go, survey the area for us this year. I asked Coach Miller of Providence this yesterday. I know your focus is the Red Devils, but you're always watching the other local programs and friends with a lot of those guys I know as well. What do you expect for our local area in basketball this winter? Well, I will tell you first, let me say this, Matt, that Coach Miller and his staff is one of the best coaching staffs in the state of Indiana, and they have done an absolute phenomenal job representing Southern Indiana. Uh, Silver Creek, uh, I'm probably, I, Floyd Central, Bedford, I, it just goes on and on. You know, even Seymour, is, I mean, Coach Manns has turned that program around. Uh, it, it's just some really, really good basketball programs in, in, in southern Indiana. Uh, so that being said, we're just uh, we're just fortunate to be, be a part. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have an opportunity to play uh, against such good coaches and good programs. And, you know, we're, we're anxious to see where we fall in the food chain. Good stuff. Sharon Wilkerson with us here on this Tuesday program. Coach, best of luck. Look forward to catching a practice and a game real soon, and uh, we'll chat again. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, my friend. Have a good day. All right. Sharon Wilkerson with us here on this Tuesday program. We'll have more coaches coming up this week and into next week as we really preview the season. Uh, it's here. Uh, there are scrimmages this week and this weekend. I mentioned Heritage Hills at New Albany. That's one that will draw some interest, I would think, for a very early season game. And then even that week of Thanksgiving, there are some interesting games. Jeff, with uh, the schedule update that Coach Wilkerson just mentioned, Jeff will open the season, that means, with Indianapolis Cathedral. You want to talk about a way for Sharon to begin his career at Jeff. 
uh, opening things up uh, against a very good Cathedral team year in and year out. That just shows you the type of challenges ahead for the Red Devils uh, right away, right out of the gate, and some of the exciting games to think about this season. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Kentucky, Michigan State, Duke, Kansas tonight, uh, and of course, Indiana, Xavier coming up on Friday. So a fun week of basketball, and uh, we are just days away from Thanksgiving, that holiday as well. So a good time, and uh, we'll be in the month of December before you know it. We'll be at Big Ten early December games before you know it. And of course, that IU North Carolina game at the end of this month, I think are we 15 days away from Indiana, North Carolina. What, what a 9, 9.30 start at Assembly Hall. It's going to be madness uh, that night in Bloomington. All right, that wraps it up for today. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you could always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Have a great Tuesday. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.